Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Delaney. So what? You're not nifty today, Sam? Just not feeling that nifty Sam today. Delaney. No, just playing it straight. Nifty. Playing it straight. All right. Yeah. Uh, before we go any further, we should mention there's a little offer that we've got on. You could call it part of Black Friday if you want, but... Brown it's, Friday. Um, brown Friday is what it's called that's, on that's, this show. That's, you're yeah. going to get the brown... Oh, okay, yeah, right, call, yeah. yeah, all right, then Brown Friday, because you've got some other stuff to announce as well. Yeah. But if you've ever fancied signing up for our fantastic Iron Filing Society subscription thing, uh, you can do get your first month free uh, before the end of Monday. Mm. So just go to patreon.com slash topflighttimemachine, uh, sign up, and you'll get a refund on that first payment. But the next payment will be taken on the 1st of December, as is per usual. So there you go. Well, it go. gives you a month but, to decide. I mean, if you think well, it's it shit. It gives you a month. gives you 10 days, doesn't it, or so. 10 but days you, to decide whether you think it's good or shit. As, as Danny would say on the wall, is it good or is it shit? Yeah. <laughs> and you get to delve into nine months' worth of stuff that's never been heard anywhere else. There's fucking loads of stuff there to listen to. And you're mad if you don't want to sign up. But it's up to you. It's up to you. But and that's, it is another thing that we never say. Tell your mates. Tell your fucking oh. mates. Maybe you're listening oh. to this going, mate, I already am IFS, right? And I've been fucking ages. Yeah, well, bully for you. How about you fucking tell your mates? Tell your mum. Yeah. Tell your yeah. auntie. Yeah. Tell that fucking... Tell your, tell your priest. Tell that wanker at work who who's always listening to the Peter Crouch podcast, right? Yeah. And telling you things that happened on that. Say, fuck that, mate. Listen to this. Tell every cunt. Now's the time for them to join up. Give it a try out for free. <laughs> and like Andy always says, and like I always say, it's not for everyone. It's, not for, it's not for most people. But the give it a go. <laughs> Find out if it is for you. That is the time to secure our financial futures mm. in this uncertain period. We can't stress <laughs> that enough. Can't stress that enough. It's about our financial security. <laughs> and we- the ongoing, you know, uh, existence of this podcast. Which some yeah, people that, seem to like. yeah, 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 that, that's it, yeah. If you want this to carry on, then you've got to pay. Maybe you're a, a subscriber, but you're on the poxy basic tier. Give you a treat yourself, mate. Upgrade. Upgrade mm. to the top tier. Then you get the lot, right? Um, even if you're on the medium tier. Upgrade to platinum. Come on, it's embarrassing to not be platinum IFS for the sake yeah. of an extra quid or two. But on top of that, tell your mates. Tell your dad. Yeah. Tell your teachers. Gonna... If you're a schoolboy, go into school, tell your teachers to subscribe to yeah. the Top Flight Time Show. Hello, can. Eh. Uh, uh, you're... <laughs> 
Johnson, what? Take your headphones out in class. What in town? Perhaps you'd like to tell the whole class what you're listening to, Johnson. Yeah, all right. I will, you can. It's called Top Right Time Machine. I'll play you a little bit of it, you can't. Here we go. Have a listen. Here you go. I'll play it out on the fucking speaker on my Samsung if you want. Everyone can fucking hear it. They're talking about something called Brand John. Whoa! What's this? It's hilarious. Yeah, that's right. Fucking told you. Now you can understand why I keep my headphones in all lesson. Instead of listening to you fucking bleat on. Because I learned more from these cunts than I've ever learned from you, you fucking square. Yes, you're right. I am a square. I need to rectify it immediately, and I shall do so by deep diving the top flight time machines. That's the voice code, but whatever, granddad. I shall subscribe. Hence, forthwith. Everybody, all boys, get up on your desks and groove to Top Flag Time Machine! Yeah! Ooh, yeah! <laughs> We're having a Top Flag Time Machine funky reggae party. <laughs> then a policeman goes past. He goes, oh, hello, hello, hello. What's all this thing? We can't be having this in a school in the middle of the school day. And then someone just turns the volume up and he listens to us doing some funnies. And he goes... What the hell? Throws his helmet away, ties his tie around his head and starts doing the running man. <laughs> and that's what can happen. That's the impact that this podcast can have. Ordinarily, I'd have you excluded from this school, but this is hilarious. <laughs> have you been on their Facebook page and seen all the all right cunt pictures? They're fucking hilarious. <laughs> the scales have fallen from my eyes, boys. <laughs> God, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, IFS right. subscription available until the close of play on Monday, I think, and you get the rest of November for now. Keep an eye um, on our website, topflighttimemachine.com, this weekend, because uh, in line with the rest of the... Uh, retail outlets in this country we will be observing a day of special discounts not black friday but brown friday Brown um, Friday. if i don't have enough time so i've got a few bits on it might end up being brown saturday uh special <laughs> discounts in advance of christmas so you can get all your all your christmas shizzle for your mates a few new mm. t-shirts coming out the ones yeah. i did last week poor they they've sold worse than the Trevor Brinston I'm Roy's number one fan t-shirts. Jesus Christ, really? And that's saying something. I think we've sold one I'm the spirit of dark and lonely water. What's the, what's the problem with it? Why is it like that? What have, you, uh, what have you done? I mean, firstly, it's they're not really... You know, most of our merchandise has a line that is very familiar to listeners and to us. It's something that's used a lot. These are just two things that were once said on the podcast. <laughs> so they don't really stick to the usual style. They're just things that were once said on the podcast that I thought, yeah, that guy's quite funny. And put on some, and some T-shirts and sweatshirts. But, you know... I, pay for Christmas. I don't know much about marketing. I just do what feels right, mate. I, f- I follow... I follow my uh, gut instincts on these things. That's the best way. It's always anyway, the best keep way, it up. I've got some better ideas for the Brown Friday offers. Uh, okay. Yeah. I'll leave it to you. I'll yeah. leave it to you. I'm happy with that. Anyway. I'm, um, ha- I'm happy to go with your gut. Do you, do you want to know what I've been up to a bit this week, what I've introduced my child son to? You're going to like Introduce it. your child's son? My child's son. No, your my child's child son. son. My son is no. a child. He's not an adult yet. I was going to say, that's, that's, that's a curveball. Go mm. on then. What have you introduced him to? Uh, gladiators. Right. Oh, 
I have been watching a lot of Gladiators this Where week. Where can you access Gladiators? YouTube. Or Britbox or something like that. YouTube, YouTube, of course, YouTube. Fucking hell, mate. Gladiators. You look back on certain moments in British cultural history. Like recently mm. we were talking about X Factor. X Factor 10 years ago. 2010 X Factor. Mm. And we were talking, weren't we, about how it is. You look back and you think, yeah, that was... Telly had reached its peak then. It was Telly's yeah. last great hurrah. TV entertainment, as opposed to now you get all this fancy drama on Netflix and whatnot. Yeah. But in terms of good old-fashioned Saturday night, get the whole country going fucking berserk, that was its last big hurrah. And it couldn't go mm. any bigger. It was so big that the only way it could have gone a step further than where Simon Cowell had taken it to would have mm-hmm. been if he had literally got a fucking Colosseum like in Rome and started like, feeding mentally ill people to lions. Yeah. Which he probably did try to get past ITV. And ITV thought, well, we, we, you know, fine, we can make money out of this. But the Ofcom might have intervened. The nanny mm. state might have said, no, you can't feed I'm mentally ill people to lions while they sing songs by Mariah Carey. Yeah. So that was great. But you look back and you think, God, it was a, a moment of collective fucking insanity that the madness, the, the mass hysteria that X Factor yeah. sort of whipped up in the country. But then. You know, you go back 10, 20 years before that mm. and you get... Gladiators. Gladiators. Now, Gladiators was very similar. It was a similar slot on a Saturday night. It was. Similar vibe in that there was a huge fucking arena, the National mm. Indoor Arena in Birmingham, um, where people were going ape shit, waving banners, screaming, going mad. Mm-hmm. Pantomime baddies like Wolf, obviously. Mm-hmm. Trojan, Shadow, all the other lads, right? Just like Simon Cowell was the <laughs> pantomime baddie, right? It was it was fucking mad. But when you look at it, like when I look at it, there's a lot of takeouts I take from rewatching Gladiators now. One of them is we were such a different country back in the early nineties, right? This was um, the, the 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 early days of John Major's era. Exactly. And Pre Euro ninety six, which, yeah. as you know, we always say, was very much the watershed moment yeah. in British history, the whole of British Absolutely. history. Yeah. Um, so it's pre Euro ninety six, right? Pre Hooch. I don't even think Hooch or Caffrey's were. They might have existed, but they weren't making big waves yet. They were probably being piloted in certain areas. Yeah, exactly. In the UK. Did you know? Did you know? It's a diversion here. Did you know that Whisper Bars were piloted in the Tainties area? When they first came out. I wonder why they chose that. We the got Whisper yeah. Bars before everybody else. Why do you think that? that was? Why do you think they chose the I have no the idea. I have no idea. I, I, there's nothing in my gut that tells me why. In my marketing gut, I don't know. <laughs> but that was what happened. We got them first. Also, could you? did you know that Whisper Bars went off sale for a few years, a few years ago? They stopped uh, doing it. No, well, what I thought was, was that they did one of those, like, it's a, it's a classic marketing Sting, isn't it? Where you yeah. you announce something's going off the shelves, so people yeah. start a huge campaign. They, salad cream, they do, do it, it. They do it with salad cream, yeah. They do it with salad cream every couple of years, don't they? But no, yeah. they, they disappeared. Whispers disappeared. What kind of fucking world were we living in, where whispers were withdrawn from sale for fuck's sake? I mean, you know what, I mean? What, what, what whispers kind of world did was could we be in? Talking about changing the cultural landscape. Whispers when they came out, and I remember. I don't know the year. I'm gonna. It always is much earlier than you thought because I would say, "Ah, oh, Whispers, 1985, mate," and it turns out it's like 1980 or something like that. I don't know. Maybe you know, 
But when, what, when they first came out? Yeah. 1981. Yeah, there you 1983, go. 1983, nationally. 1981. Oh, okay. 83, right. 83. 83. That, yeah. yeah. Okay. So you'd had them for a couple of years already, eh? No, we're giving them the nut. No, the rest of the country. I mean, I don't, I don't know whether they like them down south, like. But up here, the, they'll do for us, mate. The confectionery elders of the northeast have gathered. At Swanhunter Shipyards for outdoor meeting. <laughs> and we've unanimously voted that we're going to allow whispers to be released to the rest of the country. All of the families came together, the head of the Teesiders, the Wearsiders, and the Tynesiders. And even some lads came up from Darlington as well. <laughs> but they were turned away because they out- exist outside of the geographical boundary. Yeah, but they tried to have their say because some of them had somehow got hold of some whispers. I don't know whether some washed up in a box on the shore. Some of them like, were been to a service station. Like in that film, like in, in that film, Whiskey Galore. It was a bit like that. Whisper Galore. <laughs> Why, hey, man, they're whispers. Tons of the bastards. <laughs> anyway... Uh. So yeah, they they kind of they looked at the the, the confectionery landscape of Britain. Mm. You know, we'd just come out of the seventies, the winter of discontent, mate. Where yeah. even the chocolate factories went on strike, and mm-hmm. a lot of kids were reduced to eating stale fruit and nuts. Right. So you got to understand where we they, were chocolate wise in the in the early eighties. They'd withdrawn the film Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory as well. Yeah. It was like Clockwork Orange. You could only get it on pirate pirate video. Well, of course, before that, in Callahan, say the problem was was that all of the chocolate production in the UK, or at least like ninety five percent of it, was nationalised. It was nationally owned. It was yeah. owned effectively by us, the taxpayer. Yeah. But as a result, the chocolate making unions, mainly comprised of dwarfs and umpa lumpers, right? Mm-hmm. They had a huge amount of control over Callahan's government. They held them to ransom, Andy. And listen, you know me, right? I'm a socialist at heart. I believe in workers' rights. But it let's be honest, mate, it got out of hand. They had too yeah. much power. They had too much power, yeah. They had too yeah. much power. And we, the chocolate-eating public, we and taxpayer, yeah. we, we paid the price for that. There wasn't enough competitiveness, right? No. And so Thatcher came and she went, I'm going to privatise confectionery. Mm-hmm. And that is when Whisper came in because they looked at Mark and they thought for too long Aero have had it easy, right? In mm-hmm. Aero have had a monopoly on their aerated chocolate product market, right? Yeah. And they thought there has to be room for something else, a better product, a competitively priced product. It was product. a bad choice, wasn't it? Yeah. So we they gave us their own answer to Aero, Whisper. The, whisper. the, bu- the, the bubbles are slightly smaller and therefore, you can fit more of them in to the same. Yeah. So it's more chocolate than air. You get more chocolate, yeah. There's more yeah, chocolate to genius. air ratio, right? And Aero were like, fuck. But, and they, there was a lot of people in they the Aero. Us. They fucked Yeah, they were complaining. They were like, we've been fucked in the ass by Whisper. Right? <laughs> by big chocolate. So John Aero, like, who's a big northern industrialist, right? Yeah. What the? We've been making these arrows for generations. <laughs> It's disgusting. Now, these fucking cunts come along from America or wherever they're from. They've fucked us up our fucking assholes. <laughs> the size of the holes in the arrows are industry standard. That's their rate of chocolate. That's how it is. 
You can't make the fucking hole smaller. You've got the fucking lot. We've got Monopoly on it. Get Delman Street on the line. What do you mean they won't take our calls? Oh, Mrs. Thatcher, alas, what happened to Jim Callan? He were a good lad. Well, time's changed. Yeah, times did. changed, and Thatcher was not. She wouldn't take the calls of Sir John Arrow. Mm-hmm. She wouldn't take the calls of any of the yeah, nationalised board of chocolate, it, yeah. yeah, industrialists. Yeah. So, and then we ended so up. He brought, with out, a he brought out the mint arrow and the coffee arrow, clutching at straws, a, mate. Orange arrow. Attempt to cling onto his market share, but pathetic. they tried the lot. But I mean, arrows still exist, but they're very much the second class citizen of the aerated oh, exactly. chocolate bar get, world, you just aren't they? Pick up an arrow, you think, well, I could be having a whisper instead of this. But yeah, whispers, <laughs> yeah. Were, with, whispers were withdrawn from sale in 2003, and they were replaced by dairy milk bubbly, apparently. Ugh, Who remembers stupid. that? And then it was fucking four more years until the uh, till they came back. I don't know now, if this is true or not because this is on uh, Wikipedia. But during Iggy and the Stooges' 2007 Glastonbury performance, several Whisper fans invaded the stage armed with a banner saying "Bring back the Whisper." <laughs> Good lads. <laughs> that was a bit like when those lads got the fanny powder flag out at Glastonbury it was, 2019. Yeah, that's where they got the idea from, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, although no one was talking about banning fanny powder, so it was hard to know what those lads' agenda was, really. <laughs> oh, yeah, it did happen. It was reported in the Telegraph at the time. I- Iggy now, Pop's stage was invaded by some Whisper fans. What, what they would have done was they would have... they the Cadbury's decided, and they did this with a few different bars, I think, they decided that everything was going to come under the Dairy Milk umbrella brand. And so every bar they made would be dairy milk something, a variation on your basic dairy That's milk. They right, thought yeah. this was a good idea. So I it think, was, you know, Cadbury's caramel. Return, it was a return to the nationalisation era. Yeah. It was almost a communist kind of well, strategy. this was, of course, I mean, Labour was still in government, albeit new Labour, but still Gordon Brown, you know, he... Hmm. That's Gordon Brown very much more than Blair. He did have a sort of a large dose of the old-fashioned Labour, sort of seventies Labour about him, about yeah. his worldview. And I just very wonder whether or not he started, you know, encouraging Cadbury's to shift back gently, yeah. giving them the wink, yeah. saying, "I'm taking over soon." And when I do, I'm thinking of renationalising chocolate. But you know, you didn't hear it from me. Yeah, back-channel conversations yeah. and all that so, sort of so, thing. So yeah. to get your yeah. fucking. Get your ducks in a line. Get, Get your pricks. affairs in order, right? Ready for a renationalisation drive of chocolate, <laughs> right? And they've gone, fuck, what are we going to do? Emergency meeting. <laughs> Bring it all back under the Cadbury's fucking dairy milk banner. <laughs> um, I think, I don't know that they might have done the same, like, you know, so Cadbury's caramel, they might have thought of just calling it dairy milk caramel. Probably. Yeah. Did, yeah. And the package, but it didn't work because Whisper's a great brand. Do you remember... The adverts when Whisper was launched. Yes. They had celebrities in, didn't they? They did. They did. I think Peter one Cook. of the celebrities was Felicity Kendall. I remember oh. the adverts vividly, and they must have been so effective because they would have been trying to appeal to... I mean, I was a huge consumer of... I would have been eight years old. I was a huge consumer of confectionery in those days. And it worked on me because mm-hmm. the the ads were made so... De- they made the chocolate seem so delectable, Andy. Yeah. And what I remember was there was a close-up shot of whoever the celebrity was. And like I said, I'm pretty sure Felicity Ken was the main one I remember. Remo- like, unwrapping 
the 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 wrapper from the from the whisper yeah, bar. Now, yeah. when when you when you unwrap a chocolate bar in reality, especially in those days before they became sort of more plasticky, the stay fresh wrappers you get now, they were a little bit yeah. more papery in those days. Is that right? They were. Think? They were right. You tear They're it, waxy. it yeah. would tear sort of not that neatly. Mm. Uh, which would be a bit unsatisfying, but you wouldn't care because you'd just be like, tear, 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 scoff, 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 right? But in the advert, if you're looking at it now, and I, I can, looking at your eyes, I think you are, right? I am, the, I'm scrolling down now, YouTube. Am I, I'm not looking, but if I remember correctly, the wrapper is removed by the beautiful hands of Felicity Kendall so neatly that it defies all scientific... It defies physics. It I does, I can't yeah. see... A Felicity Kendall one here. Who else? So that Who might is it be a then? false memory. Fucking hell. Strap yourself in. Here we go. Um, <laughs> Mel Smith and Griffiths Jones. Yeah, remember that. Simon Cadell and Ruth Maddock from Heidi High. Yes. Jeffrey and Gladys. Uh, Peter Cook and Mel Smith. Peter John Cook Thor and Mel Smith. And <clears throat> Peter Cook and Mel Smith. Dudley Moore must have been in, busy in Hollywood. Uh. <clears throat> doing Hollywood stuff. Uh, John Thor and Dennis Waterman. Sweeney revival. Wow. And a whisper advert. Fucking hell! So George Cole, so George Cole didn't want to do it. He must have been fucking fuming. Maybe he yeah. had a policy where he didn't do ads. Maybe Windsor Davies and Windsor Davies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there's only uh, there's only one celebrity who Britain in 1983 wanted to see two of, and that was Windsor yeah. Davies. The country couldn't get enough of him. Another Dennis Waterman one this time with his glamorous wife Ruler Lenska. Ruler Lenska. Ruler Lenska. Um, get this as well. Arthur Law and John LeMessurier. Wow. Dad's Army revival. Years after Dad's Army ended, yeah. right? Yeah. Brilliant. Okay, now I'm queuing that up to watch that later on. Yeah. Um, there's a couple more. Oh, John Francis and Paul Nicholas. Just good friends. Advertising Whisper. <laughs> oh, they must have got paid a fucking mint for that. Oh, yeah. I'm going to find fucking out who made these hell. ads. Because that book I wrote about adverts, that was very much in this, it was set in this era. Yeah. But I didn't write about this campaign. Fuck knows why. I mean, um, it's almost Paul like Eddie, take the book off the fucking shelves, what's left of them, because needs, the book is meaningless pulpit. if it didn't cover this. <laughs> pulpit, it needs to be rewritten. Yeah. Uh, Paul Eddington and Nigel Hawthorne, a Yes Prime Minister whisper advert. But no Felicity Kendall by the looks of it. Weird. Okay, so but, I misremembered that. But the rappers... A nice memory, though. The rappers came off. And I remember being, they looked so sumptuous and I was fascinated by the rapper and I was eight years old, but my, one of my oldest brother must have been starting to work in adverts then. Mm-hmm. Cause they kind of got involved in that at a very early age and they were like 16. And so one of them must have been doing that because I remember saying, how the fuck do they make the rappers come off so amazingly? Fucking taught me through it, didn't they? He said, you got yeah. expert pack shop people, which I didn't know about any of this. And he's going, and they fucking, these are like experts, professionals, just to make like shit like that look real. Serrated. And they serrated Serrated, it. but invisible. Exactly. Fucking hell. I think of that now every time I open a whisper. Can't open mm. a whisper without wishing that it had a serrated edge. In fact, if a chocolate bar introduced that, it would make me more likely to buy it. Whisper. Yeah. Na- whisper. And now, whisper serrated wrapper. Mm. 20p extra for a more satisfying unwrapping experience. Would you really, though? I would once in a while. There's a treat. 20p. Mm. 
I think I got a Whisper Easter egg last year. In fact, this year in lockdown, I think I did the old classic of raiding some of the Easter eggs that have been bought for the kids. Raid, like I had a meltdown, an Alan Partridge-style meltdown, and broke into the utility room where we yeah. had hidden them, and I busted open oh, a whole a, a, Whisper a Easter egg. Yeah, I did a pre-Easter right. raid on my kids' own chocolate. And I, I busted in when no one else was in the house and I opened an East, a Whisper Easter egg and just scoffed it all. Two bars plus the egg. Sometimes you have to, though, don't you? You do sometimes. sometimes. They, I mean, at the beginning of the lockdown, I did a lot of that sort of emotional eating. Yeah. Jalapeno. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you wouldn't be hearing this brief but annoying message if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clements each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Jalapeño. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Jalapeño. I'm off the sugar at the moment. For November, Whoa. I haven't eaten any sugar so far, and I'm hoping to get to the end of the month without eating any. Right. So okay. hopefully. And are you feeling better with that? I do, yeah, yeah. I feel like I've lost really? quite a few pounds. If you eat a lot of sugar, which I do, if you stop it completely dead the weight kind of can fall off quickly. But the trick is you have to eat a lot of sugar at other times in order to see the contrast. <laughs> You've I mean, listen, pre-sugar. If you want to lose weight, right, if you're not eating mm. much sugar as it is, but you want to lose weight, then mm. stopping eating sugar is not going to make any difference, is it? Because That's you're true. only eating two bits of sugar a month. But if you're yeah. binging on sugar like a maniac, like I spoke about last month on the pod about how I was sneaking around with sugary sweets stuffed in my pockets and running off yeah. to the bedroom to eat them in secret. If you're doing shit like that, if you stop sugar, it's going to make a big impact on your weight because it's right, taking yeah. out fucking 50% of my calorie intake right there. Mm. And the other thing is, I just sort of like, if I'm not eating sugar then I can sort of justify saltier or fattier snacks more easily. Because <laughs> you thought, like, oh, I'll have that bag of crisps because it's not like I'm having a fucking chocolate bar, am I? Right. And are you eating more crisps then, now that you're off the sugar? Marginally, marginally. But generally, my appetite has shrunk because sugar is I... like... Sugar's very much like cocaine, actually, in all honesty, because yeah. it gives you a little buzz and it's highly addictive. So you have one bit and then you're like, oh, fucking go have more. 
Like you might, you know, just like with cocaine, you've done a line of coke and then you're talking to someone and all you can think of is, oh, I wonder if it's time to do another bit of coke. I wonder if it's time to do another bit of coke. Same with sugar. You're like, you eat I some sugar time. and then you're like, Any time. And then like, you might be talking to me, but if I'd had a bit of sugar, all I could hear coming from your mouth is like in peanuts. Right, Charlie Brown's teacher. Exactly, and all I'm thinking is, yeah, I can't get a whisper. I can't get another fucking whisper down me gob now. <laughs> so the trick is, folks, make yourself addicted to a thing in order to give it up successfully. Get yourself to the absolute depths <laughs> yeah. of consumption of it. Hit rock bottom. Yeah. Uh, no, Always don't. Seriously, don't don't bother hitting rock bottom. Um, anyway, gladiators. One thing I wanted to quickly say about yeah. there's so much to say about gladiators. Obviously, we could easily do a deep dive, but it's so stilted. Like the the way in which uh, uh, John John Fashionu and Orika Johnson, which on the face of it is quite a ballsy and creative presenting duo for that era. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because we're coming out yeah. of an era where only Brucey really got to present things like that. Right, mm. so they've gone for a young, thrusting, diverse, very unusual in the early nineties, right? Yeah, but spoiler alert: they're awful. They're so awful, right? They and mm. I, I hate to say it because Ulrika subsequently became a fantastic entertainer, not least on Shooting Stars, right? Mm. But before this, she'd just been doing the weather on TVAM or whatever, right? The weather, this didn't she? Yeah. Um, and anyway, well, she was so, it, she was very good, but it's it's so stilted. It's not even necessarily their fault. The thing is, there's like you know now you you have like you have links, and they make quite a big. They give a lot of time to the links because half of the entertainment is supposed to be provided by the hosts, right? Mm-hmm. So they'll they'll when they're scheduling the show, they'll put in like long sections where you have the hosts talking or interviewing the guests, the contestants, right? But in this one, it was clear that there was a link, but with no script. And Ulrika and John didn't... (laughs) Phil! Phil! Yeah, they didn't really know what to say. And they were awkward. (laughs) Their cameras were... Their their eyes were looking around nervously off camera, waiting for some sort of direction, waiting for it to be over. They had no... I mean, the key thing is, it was a low point for British banter, which is ironic. Because, again, you know, if we make a documentary for, say, BBC4 with a load of cultural commentator talking heads about a history of British bands. And if mm. they're going to make that, obviously it should be you and I, like, you know, orchestrating it. Obviously, yeah. I would say this was a real... The, the beginning of the John Major era was like a low point. Banter-wise, Britain was in the doldrums. The mm. doldrums, mate. The, the level of banter between the hosts and the contestants, right... The level of banter they tried to contrive, they tried to contrive a sort of a slightly edgy banter between Wolf and the contestants and the audience because Wolf was mm-hmm. supposed to be. But even that was, like, completely poxy. I mean, all well, Wolf did, done. he was supposed to be scary. All he did was sort of, like, just go, ah! And the thing yeah. about Wolf was it's really hard to be scared of a man who is receding yet re- re- keeping his hair long. Yeah, it's like Michael Bolton. Yeah. It's like, you know, you're well, not he, scared he, of Michael Bolton, are you? Bolton's... Well, you are, but for different reasons. Bolton's cut it, shorn it now, hasn't he? 
It has now, yeah. Well, back then. But back then, it was same era. Same era. It was obviously, mate, I don't know who influenced who. I don't know whether Bolton was influenced by Wolf or vice versa. vice versa, yeah. But there was, Fashionu and and Ulrika was a reaction to your Brucey's and your Bob Monkhouse's as game shows. And they just, it just exposed as to how fucking difficult banter is. Really, because yeah, that's it. You're, bands, you're watching it and you're thinking everyone probably would have got to the stage by the 90s post-alternative comedy and stuff that they were sneering at the old guard like Brucey and Tarby and Monkhouse, right? But then you see these guys doing it and you think, fucking hell, to keep these things flowing, to keep the atmosphere up, to keep it yeah. being exciting and yeah. fun, right, is, is fucking no small task and you can't Geniuses. put it... It needs to be in the hands of professionals, and there aren't many people who are professionals at doing this. It's basically yeah. Monkhouse and Brucey are the kings of this shit, right? Yeah, and John Fashionu stood up and thought, I can be Monkhouse, I can be Brucey. Now, man, he could can't. not. He could you not. Need and st- you need to stick to fucking dislocating eye- eyeball sockets. I know. I know. That's the, thing. the thing about him is, is that he's like... That I, re- um, I think it was when I was reading that Bryony Gordon book, which I've mentioned before, and she said something about... John He's not in it, but it did make me think of John Fashionu because she goes, back in the early 90s, she's talking about when she was a teenager and suffering from mental health, she went, we didn't yet, young people did not yet have the vocabulary surrounding feelings, mental health, emotions, or anything like that, Mm. which young people after our generation, she went, yeah, that's it. She went, people of our generation who grew up in the 80s and came of age in the 90s, she went, we don't, we're we're very good at like repressing things because we didn't grow up in an environment where we'd been, we hadn't been raised on American TV that basically furnished us with an amazing vocabulary of emotional language, little sound yeah. bites that you can just chuck out that just wouldn't have been, they just wouldn't have been natural to us. We wouldn't have known them. And even if we had saying them would have got you like laughed at or beaten up. And uh, I was thinking that I was thinking, this is an era where saying things to the contestants, like, wow, how do you feel? That must've been an incredible journey. Right. And yeah. making it sort of everything seem like hugely poignant. Right. And full of pathos and all of that stuff. And, you know, because they would have their family in the audience, right? But now it would be like, I'm doing this. I've entered this for my gran, who is blind. And Mm. her dying wish is to see me win gladiators, right? To prove that I can do something. Because she was into sport before she went blind. She got injured in a javelin incident. I don't know. (laughs) Right? But, like, now they just go, and and fashion who goes, are your family or friends here? And this woman just goes, yeah, there they are. And it cuts them. They're just like, holding up a sign. It's clearly been made by a producer. One geezer turns up, contestant, and they go, and what do you do to keep fit? And he goes, I play rugby. And they go, oh, to what standard? And he goes, well, I played six times for the national team, but the last time was last year, so not for a while now. And I'm thinking, what? You play international <laughs> rugby for fucking Wales, right? <laughs> then they do the little, you know, they've made a little VT about this is him when he's at home and he's going, yeah, well, I did enjoy representing Wales, but you know, rugby, it's almost like a professional sport now. He went, I'm not sure whether I can be bothered keeping up with the level of training required to get back into the national team. <laughs> so that's why I thought I'd do this instead. He's a professional rugby player who's only playing last year for Wales, right? Then they go, 
are your family or friends here? Now, imagine on a reality show today, they go, yeah, there they are. They're all in the crowd. Look, they're going fucking mental. He just goes, no, no one's here. Nope. Right? <laughs> Come on, by all, haven't they? Uh, they caked. Right? And they go, why not? And he goes, well, no, I mean, some of the lads, in it's fact, all them. Them, they, they would have really <laughs> taken the mickey out of me for this, to be honest. So I was too embarrassed. <laughs> and Bashley just goes, okay, right, over to you, Ulrika. No fucking feedback at all. And I thought, they just didn't have the emotional language. They didn't have the vocabulary. No. And then I thought, well, you know, it would be interesting to go back now and revisit Fashnu and his crazy gang colleagues and see mm. how they reflect on that era where, oh, yeah, the crazy gang, it was all fun and games. But actually, they must have very oftentimes been crying inside. I thought we should yeah. pitch a documentary, again, hosted by me and you to BT Sport called Not yeah. So Crazy Now? Question mark. Oh, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was about to explain what it is, but, you know, fill in the gaps I think you yourself. just have. No, it's yeah. one of them where it's explained in the title. Yeah, not you so crazy now. Further. Podcasters well, um, Andy Dawson and Sam Delaney revisit podcasters. the members of Wimbledon's legendary crazy, bo- crazy gang of the 80s <laughs> to see if what they have... They, what are, go on. Just to see if they've um, managed to, you know, conquer their demons. I was just going to say, one of the women who's on I'm a Celebrity this year is... is uh, build as a writer and podcaster, and what? I'm like, oh, legitimacy for the podcasters. Oh, yeah, one I... of us has made it, and I'm a celebrity. Way it'll be I us s- next. I saw on a Facebook feed a uh, a magazine about podcasting. What? Yeah, I got an ad for it. <laughs> ah, fucking, what's his name? Zuckerberg's worked out that I'm in the podcasting game, and he's given me an ad going like podcasters do you you fucking loser mm. well here's a magazine for you very modern mm. um getting back to um gladiators though i mean this might surprise you it probably won't never watched you it. you were once a gladiator oh no no never watched it never, <laughs> never watched, watched it, it yeah. passed me by completely i just looked to see when it came out and it was 92 i was 20 saturday night right. pub we were <laughs> that was it. I, I was i mean I was talking to my missus about last night. I went, fucking hell. In this era, in the early 90s, I'd have been coming back from West Ham, the long tube journey from Upton mm. Park to my rig. And when I got in, usually we were all, already balls. That, you know, in those days, of course, the TV in most houses was just on. It was never not on. You never yeah, said, shall yeah. we watch some TV? Put the TV on. Shall we put the TV on? Glass houses. Yeah. The TV is on 100% of the time. So you walk into an empty living room, the TV's on, right? I mean, it's, it's the same here now. I yeah. see it. <laughs> I fucking walked in from West Ham, freezing my bollocks off, and the first thing I'd see was Blobby up to his antics at Crinkly Bob, yeah. right? And I'd be like, yeah. I've missed about 45 minutes, but there's still about another three hours left because... Noel's house party was sort of like grandstand, wasn't it? It just seemed to go on forever, <laughs> ever and ever and ever. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and then on the same, in that era, you'd also have on the other side, Baywatch and Gladiators. And then I would yeah. go out. I would try and get as much of those three shows down my fucking neck as possible. And yeah. then, then you'd head out for some fingering and <laughs> I don't know what, uh, probably just Kip some up. fosters, probably some fosters and fingering. <laughs> The two Fs of the, the early 90s. <laughs> Man, so, just yeah. going out for the fosters and fingering. I'll be back later. Uh, so, oh, yeah, wait Gladiators. Gladiators no is over. I, 
I think it also reminded me of WWF as well, which was quite prevalent at the time, which yeah. I despised. Yeah. I fucking it, hated it. But it. it was so funny because it was like the British answer to WWF was so yeah, tame. But, but Gladiators was the... There was an American Gladiators first. Yeah. It was a, a version of yeah, that. Yeah. So it was but what I mean but is... Like the, you see, it was a British version. It was done fucking... Uh, not on the cheap, but just done without any of the Well, it was just all the, the, the fanfare, the, skill. the slickness, yeah. the glamour, and crucially, the fanfare is removed from it. And the fanfare is removed from it on purpose. It's not that we can't do it. I just think that in those days, it's just not it British. would have been considered... People used to say much more than they say now. Oh, it's a bit American. And by yeah, that, yeah, they yeah. meant it was over the top. And gauche. fucking absurd brash. and gauche and brash, right? Yeah, yeah. And now, and I think, I personally think, on the whole, the fact that we stop saying, "Oh, it's a bit American," stop sneering at it, and just embrace that shit, on the whole, just made in, made things better because yeah. that kind of like, well, we're, that's not the way we. What we'll do is we'll take this fucking inherently absurd premise, right, of gladiators with these basically muscly men and women chasing around <laughs> fucking housewives. <laughs> <laughs> in tight leotards and beating them up, right? That's fucking mad. It's absurd. So let's just embrace it, own it, and go, this is an fucking mad, insane show, so let's treat it mad and say, they go, we'll take it because it's been successful in America, but of course we won't do it the American way. What we'll do is we'll make it understated. What? Yeah. You can't make a show like that understated, you silly cunt. If you're going to do it, fucking do it, right? And that is why, if you fast forward to 2010 when Cal had fucking nailed X Factor, right? By that stage, I would argue that we were almost competing with America for the fucking bombastic fun fanfare that surrounded those shows. Probably outdoing them, because then we took X Factor and and put Idol over there. Yeah, yeah, because Cal went there. The the, the British judges were working over there. Cal was crucial to that show. And then when he did Britain's Got Talent, he had fucking Morgan and everything. It was like, suddenly, we could do the American shit Better than the fucking yeah, Americans. And I say, yeah. good, because I kind of find the whole sneering at America thing a bit pathetic, uh, unless you're talking about their president. But fuck me, they haven't got a fucking lunatic in charge anymore, and we have, so we can't sneer anymore, have we? They've got Joe Biden, a sensible grown-up, and we've well, still got a fucking idiot in charge. Yeah, so we're we can't even sneer about... the next few years, aren't we? You are. <laughs> We're going to look quite foolish over Fuck the next me. four years as the yeah. whole political landscape shifts, but that'll be good. Yeah, because we're the only ones left with a proper we're bona fide cunt. Yeah. We're yeah. the only mad cunts left, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we were hiding in the shadows of America. It was a distraction. But now we are like, yeah, like when Berlusconi well, they'll, they'll, was in charge in Italy. They'll get, jo- they'll get, they'll get rid of Johnson in within six months. Yeah, they gone. probably will, actually. Anyway, anyway, that's, that's, that's the end this one Sam <laughs> it is it started off with a, a mention of gladiators we went through whisper and back to gladiators again and now we've got some weekend football predictions to do before we fuck off right are you ready here we yeah. go as selected by the random fixture generator blob first up Manchester United versus West Bromwich Albion 2-1 to Manchester United I was going to say to who because Manchester United haven't won at home this season yet but yeah, I think they will this time. 2-0 I'm going to go. Manchester United. Um, Wolves versus Southampton. I'll go first on that one. I think this will be... Oh, I'm going to go for 1-1. I'm going for 1-1 as well, mate. Oh, okay. Um, 
The uh, London Yorkshire Derby, of course, is Sheffield United versus West Ham. Lots of needle in this one. Ooh. Are we talking about at 90 minutes or once it's been through the law courts? <laughs> do I do two minutes. predictions? Um, at the end of 90 minutes, it will be 2 0 to West Ham. But it's impossible to say what will happen in the courts once Sean Sean Bean has marched on Parliament again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm going to go 1 0 Sheffield United. (laughs) Just to antagonise you, basically. And uh, Sheffield United are shit now as well. They've got to win eventually, though, and this feels like the kind of match where they'll eventually win. Nah, we're really good. They'll get fucking relegated with any luck. And of course. Don't forget, from this weekend, all matches are available on TV again, free of charge for everybody. Despite our campaigning. Yeah, the baby men have won. Oh, we're getting all of our games free. I want to watch all the games for nothing. Everything's free again. I can't wait for all the clubs to go bankrupt. Mm. Yeah, but COVID Um, means I should get everything for free. Meanwhile, down in League One, Doncaster versus Sunderland, which I'll be paying £10 for. Um... I'm going to go to Doncaster Sunderland. I think we have been to this one the last two years and we won both times. But obviously no fans this time. But um, not 2-0 Doncaster, I reckon. Really? Yeah. I'll give it a 1-0. I'll give it a 1-0. Okay, fine. And finally, Millwall versus Cardiff. Oh, that'll be a, a, a bit punchy if there were fans there, but there won't be. Maybe they'll have Zoom hooliganism. Zoom hooliganism. <laughs> It's a good idea, yeah. That'd be great, yeah. wouldn't it? We should set up, we could monetise that, like, that. Yeah, you'd be able to do that with virtual reality one day. Yeah, you could just live stream, but, but even without virtual reality, what we could do is we could just hook people up on Zoom and they can give each other verbals and then just start swinging yeah. punches at their webcam. Well, no, you'll be able to do You'll be able to wear a suit one day, which will be hooked up to another person's suit, and you'll be able to fight, fight each other over, over mm. the internet, yeah. But also, like, with hooliganism... You know, sometimes if you're doing some hooliganism, you might not punch. You might want to just do someone in the boat with some squirt. Right. By which, I, I mean, of course, that. I don't know if the suit squ- allows that. Industrial ammonia in the boat race. Yeah. And I don't know if that's allowable. That, that's, that's popular in a Jif Lemon squeezy. Mm-hmm. Can you do that with VR? I don't know if that technology you exists yet, but it would be wonderful you, if they did invent that. You can't throw a dart into a crowd either with VR. No. Um, Uncle Stan. Sometimes someone likes to pull out Uncle Stan <laughs> and uh, put into work. Don't know if you can do that in VR yet. Sorry <laughs> for the boffins to think about. Have you met my Uncle Stan? <laughs> He's very angry. He gets very grumpy after we've lost. <laughs> <laughs> I find it hard to control him. Uh, oh, now, now, Uncle Stan, look what you've done. You've made the mess. <laughs> so quite right boffins get thinking because if we're going to make hooliganism work in the virtual world then we're going to need all of these things ticked off because just remember gang football hooliganism is not simply about punching and kicking there's more to it than that <laughs> and of course we might all be facing a wholly virtual world soon if more viruses come along yeah. we'll all be confined to our homes trying to recreate old day, old style life yeah, and how are we supposed to suits. fight without yeah. the unless the fucking unless the government start putting some proper money into that now that we found yeah. the fucking COVID cure. Instead of wars. Mm. 
Right. It has uh, been yeah, announced predi- the government will invest two billion pounds over the next five years in what they are calling virtual hooliganism. <laughs> <laughs> virtual hooligan tech. Matt so- Hancock, the health secretary. <laughs> We've been very clear about this. We understand that men need to burn off their energy at football. They're not able to do that in lockdown. And that is why we have pledged today to spend £2 billion over five years in developing technologies such as virtual ammonia to squirt in the boat, Uncle Stan and darts. (laughs) And we're calling it Operation Cyber Dust Up. (laughs) (laughs) Keir Starmer, leader of the opposition, said it just wasn't enough. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't gone far enough. Can we predict Millwall versus Cardiff, please? What do you reckon? Oh, fuck, yeah. Uh, Mill versus Cardiff. Nil, two to Cardiff. Cardiff will win 2-0. Oh, all right. I think Millwall's going to win that one, though. Okay. Uh, that's it, then, from uh, today's show. It's been a long one. Oh, I think there's plenty of meat on the bone there there's, for everyone. There's good stuff there, oh, Camps. I just want to mention something I started watching last night on Sky Documentaries called The Vow, and mm. it's about a sex cult in America. And I'm Lovely. two episodes in. And I'm very invested in it. So oh, and that. to the person who basically recommended a show to us that had sexy underage people in, yeah, fuck off. Stop tweeting us shit like that and stop listening to our Fucking podcast. It's cunt. not funny. It's disgusting. It really upset me. Yeah. TTFN dickheads. Yeah. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you so much. 